You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live from the bridge of the Starship Enterprise. I'm your captain, James T. Kirk. And I'm your good buddy, Liv. Mr. Mister Liv to you. The most logical of thinkers on this podcast. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with uh, with Bones, but that's, uh, well, that's good enough. If you're keeping score at home, this is episode 60, the Vulcan Death yeah, Grip Edition. Yeah, if you keep score at home, Leonard Nimoy died the other day. <laughs> Yeah, rest in peace, Leonard yes, Nimoy. Yes, Mr. Spock himself. Were you a big um, no. No. Star Trek guy? No, no. I used like, to watch the old reruns I was, when I was a little kid, because I was a little kid, you know, and they were kind of campy. You know, I was eight or nine, yeah. but I never got into going and seeing all the movies and all that stuff, you know? Yeah, I think it was definitely before our time because I remember watching them as a little kid. I think I might even watched them on like UHF. Well, yeah, that's when I saw them. Like there was one of these, probably when I was like seven, it came on the air. It was like a brand new UHF channel. And that was like yeah. the programming was like Star Trek, Batman. Uh, it was also like, you remember the Voyagers? You know, yeah, that shit yeah. at last, like when we were like, it was like the boy and... Who was it? John Eric Hexum or whatever, where they're traveling through time that probably was came out like in the early '80s and lasted for like two seasons. That was like the yeah, staple yeah, of yeah. this new UHF channel, and that's why I used to watch Star Trek. We had uh, we had two uh, we had one television down in in the main area, um, the living room area, which was like a big open. Like today, if you ever watch like. Home and Garden TV. All the houses want to be open yep. concept. The house I grew up in, that this, this house, um, is an open concept house. You walk into a big foyer, and then you walk into what is a huge well, living dining foyer. 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 <laughs> yes, it's a foyer. So, like the the kitchen and the dining area was there, and then the living room, and then that's where the yeah. TV was, and. That was it. We just had one TV. But my parents had this, like, I mean, my dad had it in college or something. It was like a little 13 inch black and white with, like, the rabbit ear yeah. antennas. And you could get UHF. And if they had, like, company or friends over or it was a weekend um, and we could stay up late to watch TV, they'd put that in their bedroom, turn it on, and we'd watch, like, reruns of Star Trek. But. Like that's as far as I got into it. I never was a big Star Trek fan. Yeah, or, I never anything, watched the but... other generations of it. You know. No, and the yeah. reboots and the J.J. Abrams. I never even saw stuff, the the but... new. Yeah, the J.J. Abrams one. Even though people that weren't Star Wars, I mean Star Trek geeks, were gonna see them. You know. Yeah, but, but I did um, see the movie UHF. Big... You know. Yes, it was a weird. We got it all on UHF. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what the oh, that movie, that movie was. Awesome. Where it's like his, I think it's his uncle who's like a compulsive gambler, donates the station to him or something. <laughs> and he needs to like turn and a profit. It. So he keeps coming up with all these kooky uh, programs, you know. That's a classic film, does man. It, does it stand the oh, test yeah. of time? Oh, yeah. Michael Richards is. Is in it. Yeah, he plays oh, really? Stanley Spadowski, the janitor. The only thing that doesn't stand the test of time, the fact that they had UHF channels. Because right. kids right. wouldn't know what the hell that means. But like the um, the uh, <laughs> the Weird Al, Beverly Hills, <laughs> Beverly Hillbillies <laughs> video, which is done in the style of Money for Nothing, is classic. <laughs> Have you ever seen it? No, it's yeah, one of his songs. It's like one of his like staples. Video and it's Beverly Hillbillies, and it's just like the freaking Money for Nothing video with the computer animation. It's Jed Clampett walking around. It's like 
Look at that clown. You got to watch it, dude. <laughs> All right, I'll oh, check that out. Oh, God. And he's doing the friggin' Beverly Hillbillies song, but in the style of Dire Straits. And it's like, let me tell you a story about a man named Jed. <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic, 30 years yeah, later. Weird Al's great, man. Holding up the scrutiny. Yeah. <laughs> he's still selling millions of records, too. Yeah. Yeah, he just had that one come out not too long ago where, where he was releasing all these things on YouTube videos and they were getting millions upon millions of hits. I think that genre of music, that style of comedy, never goes out of yeah, style. I mean, he did one about recently, and that was what. Who is it? Benita. She sent it to me. It was a big one because it was about friggin' grammar usage. You know? It was one of his new ones, and it's he's having like a new golden age. You know? I'll tell you the. Um, um, what the Weird Al Yankovic video that I love is the um, the Gangsters yes. Paradise. What's Amish that? Paradise. Amish Paradise. I think that's that's classic. I'll tell Weird you Al. a funny Weird Al thing. There was a guy that I went to school with from like grammar school all the way through high school. Uh, Steve no, Zissis? No. was it was it uh, HBO star of uh, Come Together? together Steve Zissis? No. No, uh, Steve didn't go to grammar school with me. This guy named John Dunn, although he was involved in the Philalectic Society with Steve Zissis, the Phils. That was our <laughs> our drama clubs. Uh, okay, okay. But he, uh, his name's John Dunn, you know, and he's he's an out of the closet gay guy now. But he he had a twin sister, Erin. You know, they're very. Very cool, good kids, you know. Very cool people. John Dunn was always one of the funniest damn kids around, you know. And also right. because he was involved with theater, he was always he always had a flair for theatrical stuff. In fact, he lives in Houston now. I know he works in computers, but he's also very involved with the commute with the theater community out there, you know. Okay. And in seventh grade for the talent show at St. Catherine. He did Like a Surgeon. You remember the Like a Surgeon video? And it yes. might have been better than the Weird Al video. <laughs> the <pro> he did it just like the video, but the production quality was off the, off the charts, man. He had the kid out right. there. I was like, man, this is better than the video. And that will <laughs> always resonate in my mind, you know. That kid was great. <laughs> and I remember him doing that like a surgeon, you know, and he was dancing. He had one of his, I think it was Brent Bogan was probably the kid on the, on the, on the surgery table, you know, and he's pulling out all the shit, you know, just like the video. There's gotta be, there's gotta be video copy. Of that. I mean, yeah, I don't know who, who, but obviously somebody's parents were there. I should ask him if he has it. Cause I'm sure he's the type of kid whose dad would have, video recorded it you know yeah I mean, i've sat through hours of laughlin's mr sparta contests peter's mr sandwich contests and like that was like of course i've got video of that come yeah. and, sit and watch it so it's something of that high caliber um i, I bet he's got video i, I should somewhere. ask john about that we had an exchange on facebook today uh john his sister and i because um, I got to switch the headphone here. Sometimes I get a twitchy ear, you know? You ever get that when you got a headphone with these earbuds in? Um, oh, you don't get no. that? No. No, no. No, I got hairy ears, uh, so maybe but that... Maybe that's uh, your secret. Yeah, maybe that cushions yeah. the blow. But, um... So today, I, I just posted as my status, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. You know what that is, right? Is that yes. Bill and Ted? That's all you had to say. Okay. So, John, yeah. what's that? Although, although, you know I've never seen Yeah, Bill I know. You have a bad 
<laughs> problem with Bill and Ted for some reason. I got a problem with Keanu Reeves. Yeah. That's, uh, and the other guy. The, the other guy I'm okay with is Keanu Reeves. I got yeah, with. okay. <laughs> so anyway, um, that scene, that's like when they meet Rufus, a.k.a. George Carlin. But, uh, you know, John liked it, but then Erin put some comment, and she, and it was clear that she didn't know what I was talking about. She's like, aren't they always or something? I was like, yeah, well, especially when Rufus shows up. And she's like, who's Rufus, you know? Right. And John responds like, I am not related to you. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's thinking, how the fuck don't you know what this is a reference to? <laughs> right. I was like, think about classic cinema from when we were in middle school. And she's like, are you talking about the grassy high? Was Rufus on there? <laughs> grassy junior high. I was like, no, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Although she does get a few points for, for pulling out the yeah, grassy Yeah, probably reference. she brings up the grassy shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, a go-to. I know we've had other social media discussions about the grassy. And she's like, oh, I'm just a computer oh, nerd. Don't be mean to me. <laughs> she's a sucker for Canadian yeah. melodrama. Well, they used to show us the grassy junior high at St. Catherine. I know that one. Yeah. yeah uh, in yeah. middle school, like, we used to watch grade, it all and the I guess, time. See, back then, the boys would all go off to high school for eighth grade. The girls would all stay. Now, there's no eighth grade at all at the schools anymore. But So the eighth grade year, apparently, they would watch a shitload of Degrassi Junior High, just the girls. <laughs> that was great. I had no idea why they were different or what it was about them, but I knew they there's just something, something strange. Something's just a little off about these folks, and I never put two and two together that they were Canadian until I got much older and I realized. Well, do you ever watch Kroll Show on Comedy Central? He no, 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 no. Running talk... little shows throughout it, you know? Like recurring yeah. every week. And that's all the show is. It's a half hour skipping around with different shows. Like there's Gigolo House, you know, which is a reality show based around a bunch of gigolos living in a house, you know? Okay. And then there's a sketch yeah. of that. And then they flip yes, to another Yes. And then sketch. every week it's the same. You know, it's like throughout the season, it's the storylines that are running, you know? And, um, got it. One of one of the ones that they always do, it's called Wheels Ontario. And it's supposed to be like a Degrassi high, you know, because it's all, all Canadian, you know, and they got all these weird like Canadian references. You know, right. and he's he he plays the star, Brian Lacroix or something like that, you know, because of course it's gotta be a French Canadian name. And it's it takes place in a he, he can walk, but it's like a school for the disabled in Canada, you know? But it's like, oh, you know, uh, like all the quirks of Canadian life, you know? You, uh, the teacher is like, knows that the kids are going to have sex. He's like, well, do you have your sex box? You know, just, you know, because Canada's weird anyway. <laughs> right, <laughs> so it right. really freaking magnifies all that shit, you know, talking about 13th grade and all that stuff. <laughs> do you know any Canadians? I know one down here. Do a guy uh, named Liam who's from Ontario. He's a he's a school teacher, and I fuck with him about being Canadian all the time. Before I even really knew him, I would fuck with him about it. Like, I don't, I don't think I know a Canadian. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. One. Um, one. Uh, of the last trips I made before I took off for Curacao was a visit up to um, was a visit up to Syracuse. I have I ever told you this story? And guy um, was working at the bar, and I kind of rolled into town, and I was going to be there for just one or two yeah. nights, whatever it was. He's like, "So, what do you want to do, man?" I was like, "You know, I've never been to Canada." And he's like, "All right, we're going." So he closed up the bar and he grabbed like whatever a case of beer. Um, we hopped in his car and we took off at like whatever three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. So we're rolling across the what's up there, yeah, Ontario, Ontario, right? 
That's yeah, it's Lake Ontario. What, yeah. yeah. So we're, I'm passed out in the passenger seat. He's got Born in the USA blaring. And he pulls up through the, um, the uh, what's it called? Not the toll booth. The board the, checkpoint. The border patrol checkpoint. And they're like, well, do you have any, um, you know, tobacco or, or alcohol or firearms to declare? And he's like, nope, we're good. And they're like, well, what's that case of beer right there? And he's like, oh, well, I didn't want to declare it. And they're like, all right, open the trunk. <laughs> open the doors. Open the glove compartment. All right, you don't have anything that says, you know, you're U.S. citizens? And we're like, no, I mean, we have our driver's license. And like, that doesn't say you're a U.S. citizen. Pull over there, go into the immigration office, and wait. And we waited for like four hours, and they just kind of gave us a runaround and gave us a, you know, gave us a business. Four hours later, they're like, all right, go ahead, enjoy yourselves. We went, we were dead tired, we got a hotel room, we slept for like four hours, and we got up, drove back to Syracuse, and had, uh, um, what's the, what's the Greek sub place, uh, on Westcott? Oh, um, Dorian's? Dionysius, yes. Dorian's. We had a couple Dorian subs, and then uh, and then went back to Fagan's. <laughs> so that's my Who experience. Who the hell is trying to smuggle beer into Canada? <laughs> One beer you get in Canada is stronger and cheaper. Uh, <laughs> you know? no shit. That's no how you shit. know guys are fucking alcoholic. <laughs> 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 Smuggling a case of beer into Canada. You know, it's like who's getting busted freaking bringing cocaine in the Columbia, you know? <laughs> right, right. Oh, God. So that's it, yeah. I got no. Yeah, Canadian the Canadian friends. guy I know, and I didn't even know him too well at the time because he's good buddies with my buddy Chris, the guy that was the RA with me down there. Last year, it was during the uh, NFL draft, and we were all at a bar uh, watching it, you know, at the swing joint. Um, and uh, and I was just ragging on him mercilessly, you know, making jokes about the Canadian football draft, you know, taking place at 1130 on a Wednesday. (laughs) Just because Canada's so bogus, you know? Uh, but he could take it because he has no choice. Yeah, right. I was like, right. I was like, oh, eleven thirty a.m. on Wednesday morning, the Canadian Football League draft. Because <laughs> <laughs> of course it would be some weird shit like that, the CFL draft, you know? Right. <laughs> the first, second, and third pick, yes. Ricky Williams. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, I hope he scores a rouge here. (laughs) Yeah. So it was good times. Uh, Good times. uh, Well, there we go. One Canadian. Yeah, I'm sure I must know other Canadians. I know that I don't know this girl that well, but I had a a friend in law school whose wife was had a very good Canadian friend who I just pissed off once. And I think I pissed her off because I made fun of Canada. <laughs> but she had no sense of humor anyway. She wasn't as nice as most Canadians that I've met in my... Because Canadians are always real nice. Like, I remember... <laughs> that's where I remember about Canadians. My friend Blair and I, we were at the Guinness... Uh, the Guinness Brewery in Dublin, you know? And we were in front of the gate out there. I was like, I want to get a picture. And I saw these two Canadian tourists. And like, you know... I mean, you might not know Canadians, but I'm sure you've encountered them before, right? Okay. And they're yeah, always yeah, 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 so yes. nice, you know, and they're yes. very, they're, they're almost like Mormons, you know? They're always so giddy. <laughs> like, right. you know, Mormons are and always white so chipper. And pasty. <laughs> and I right. see them, I'm like, right. hey, man, because uh, they had the Canadian flags on their backpack and all that shit. They want everybody to know they were Canadian because Canadians always sport the Canadian flag. Um, I'm like, hey, you guys mind taking a picture of us? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, great, that's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) 
And that's what Canadians mean to me. <laughs> Canadians are like the Swedes of North America. Are they? <laughs> yeah, Swedes are very friendly and very polite and like love Sweden. Yeah. You know, they, they adorn the, the Swedish flag on, on a lot of their gear. They all wear um they all wear like tracksuit jackets. Oh, that's Europeans love that look. You see that yeah, all over Boston yeah. with all the Euros that are in town there? The the like kind of skinny jeans with the track jacket thing. Yeah. <laughs> like the, I, uh, I have this, like Puma uh, shoes, you know? Well, it's funny you say Puma because I have two of those sweat uh, jacket type deals. One is a Syracuse one, which is really awesome. It was... Um, it was... Ange and I started dating like... Like, we went on our first date in, like, a December-ish pre-Christmas, and then we didn't get together again until, like, well after the new year. So, like, we'd only gone out on, like, three or four dates before Valentine's Day, but it was pretty evident that we were into each other, and, and it was all systems go. So the first thing she got me for Valentine's Day was, a like, a retro Syracuse track jacket. Yeah, yeah, yeah like a champion kind of deal, and it was really cool. Um, and at one other point, she had gotten me this Puma track jacket, okay. you know, kind of like Euro style. But the, the the Syracuse one was like totally classic throwback. But the Puma one was definitely like Euro trash style because the zipper was on the other yeah, side. I, got, I still have I it. I still wear it. one like that. Which I got when I was ill. Yeah, and it, I had to, you know, it's it's by a European right. friggin' athletic supply company, you know. Right, it fucks me up because all zippers, all male American zippers, are yeah. The same but there's way. a, it, and they got it on a side when it's in America. When it's on that side, it means it's a female garment. Yes. Yes. Correct. Yes. Correct. I'd hate to see the female that could fit into this jacket. No, but. because they're not female garments. It's just the way they do it because everything's a little different in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Well, Europe. <laughs> it was like the game I used to like to play when I was over there. Gay, European, or both. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, they there's a lot of things you see there, which if you saw over here, you'd be like, oh, that's a gay guy. But over there, it's like, right. you know, he might be gay. Or he might just be European. Or maybe he's both. Like, <laughs> over there, it's not weird for a straight man to wear, like, capri pants. You know? Right. right. <laughs> I mean, look, Rafa Nadal wears the capri pants. But, you know, if you're walking around America in capri pants, and you're going to walk into, like, a straight, like, super testosterone era, you're asking to get your ass kicked. <laughs> you can do that uh, unironically was... in America if you're not a gay man. Right. <laughs> there was a there was a period where I considered the Capri pants. Yeah. Because one of my one of my top three assets um are my calves. My calves and ankle combination. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would I would say that those are, are one of my top three physical attributes. So any chance I get to, to show them. Yeah, off, the kids are a big attribute I for would me take too. It. So that's why I like shorts. Yeah. 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 You got to you, you gotta flout what you got, you know? I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> oh, it's a big one. Bless Thank you. Thank you. Um, so... Um, what else has gone on now? Yeah, I had I had a bunch of shit that I wanted to tell you about, but of course, as the week goes on and time goes on, I totally forget about them. I never write this shit down. I'm like, oh, Liv will find this interesting, and then after a while, I don't even find it interesting uh, anymore. Did you watch the game Monday night? No, well, I've been so busy, the, man. Um, what? Yeah, who do we play? Notre Dame, Virginia. And I was like, uh, I'm gonna watch the first half. And I'm like, if we're getting embarrassed at the end of the first half, I won't watch the rest of the game. Well, what do we do? We stuck in Yeah, we game. were up like 13 to 2, like friggin' three quarters of the way through the first half because Virginia couldn't score. 
You know, but then the last, like, three minutes of the first half, Virginia starts friggin', you know, they came alive and scored, like, 20-something points right away. But it was still only, like, a three- or four-point game at halftime. But I'm like, now i got to watch the whole thing, you know? And, of course, we, right. you know, it wasn't a question in the second half. They're way better than us, you know? But I'm like, I got stuck here watching it. Why couldn't we just get embarrassed the whole way through? You know? Yeah, I, it's just so tough, you know, like, it, it. it's sad that it really comes down to all that matters is March these days. These days, yes. You know, but it really does. It really does. When you don't have that, I don't know how a school like uh, Wagner or Monmouth, you know, or any of these, like, small... Division one colleges even have an interest in their athletic teams because once every ten years they go to the NCAA tournament, or once every ten years, like you know, they've got some type of um, I don't even I don't want to say national prominence, but at least regional prominence. Yeah, you know, like they're a story in the news around here, or like St. Francis of yeah. Brooklyn. Um, is the NEC champion this year. And they've got the NEC Offensive Player of the Year. They've got the NEC Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, last couple years before that, the NEC's um, marquee team was Robert Morris. And they had a young coach, like one of the youngest in uh, D1. Not only was he a University of Pennsylvania uh, graduate, he was a Christian Brothers grad. So, like, you know, I followed him. My oh, you went to your high him. school. Um, oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my dad went to oh, Penn. Oh, okay, so, very cool. Um, you know, we followed him when he got the job. Yeah. Uh, and they took... What did... They took They Kentucky, beat Kentucky in, in the NIT two they, years ago. They beat Kentucky yep. in the NIT. I, um, when he got the job, I emailed him and said, listen, I don't... You know, you probably don't know me. Um, maybe he was there when I was there. Like, he's a couple years younger than me, maybe. So he, I was like a freshman. He was a freshman. I was a senior or something. Um, and I emailed him. I'm like, hey, listen, you know, I'm a CBA grad. My dad's a Penn grad. We've been following your, you know, I've been following your career for a long time, blah, blah, blah. He's like, hey, listen, I actually remember you. Um, you know, you were in, you know, you were in the mentoring program, you know, when I was a freshman or whatever. And I was like, wow. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. awesome. And then when he beat Kentucky, I emailed him back. And, um, you know, he got back to me right away. Like, this is a D1 yep. coach. You know, John Kyle Perry is not answering his, e- his own email, and I understand that, and I respect that. He's a, he's on a different level. But, you know, this guy is still – he's still coaching for a contract. He's still coaching for his job. You know, this is what he does yeah. for a living. And um, to take the time and, you know, an email a random dude, I'm sure he got hundreds yeah. of emails that day. So, um those stories come around once every 10 years for those schools. And, you know, we're lucky enough or or have enough foresight to have chosen a school that, you know, that's in it to win it every year, even when, you know, when we don't have a realistic yeah, shot of winning yeah, yeah. it, you know. Just throw our hat in the ring, we got a chance. You know, look at yep. 96. So, I, it just... Um, you know, really just kind of burst my bubble so much so that I'm, I'm, I'm wondering even if I have the, uh, uh, I have the, the energy or the uh, wherewithal to do the, uh, annual DeSantis final four. This is my thing. Uh, bracket the, tournament the, pool. You know, cause obviously no Syracuse people ever do well in your pool. And right, the problem right. is we're usually in the tournament. Like, yeah. that's what I was thinking, because today the email went out for the sleepy pool, Sleepy's pool, you know? And it, and yeah, by the way, yeah. it is Sean Reardon's 43rd birthday today. Oh, shit, he has the same birthday as oh, my nice. dad. Oh, nice. Happy birthday, Mr. DeSantis. Yeah. Or as we like yeah, to call him on the show, Mr. D. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, so... That's pretty uh, cool. Same day as your dad. Yeah, which I usually yeah. remember. But uh... but uh, one of the positives about that, though, which I was thinking about is, I was like, well, this year I'm not going to be influenced. I'll be able to pick 
who I might actually think is going to win the thing. You know, the four teams right, I really right. think are going to get to the final four, not the team I want and the teams I wish will go against them. <laughs> right, right. Okay, then that's it. Then that then that solves it. We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna ramp it up again. Um, I think this might be. Uh, next year will be the tenth anniversary, and it had gotten up pretty big in yeah. the last couple of years. Maybe three hundred and fifty bucks is the pot or something. Um, but yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good observation. Liv. We can actually now contend. Yes, to win. we won't be friggin' diseased by our orange bias. <laughs> and that affects a lot of the people in the pool, even those who didn't like. Yeah, Josh it's gonna affect your relatives. A, yes. Josh is always a, a very loyal Syracuse um, advancer. Yep. Um, all right, so that's good. That's good. I imagine it's going to be a thinner pool than normal. I've lost some of the some of the folks that hung on that, you know, like I didn't expect to hang on, you know, friends of yeah. friends, relatives of relatives, like that kind of stuff. And then um, there were a couple folks that were dismayed that a two-year-old or no, what was she for? The four-year-old, she either won it, my niece either won it or came in second. I don't remember. But, you know, she had one of those crazy little kid pools that, you know, picked 16s to upset ones. And with the bonus structure that we use, that's totally possible that a four-year-old can win. So Well, and then she's um, never going to be so, – and then she's too young to be negatively influenced by, like, the Syracuse effect. Right. 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 So, um, so good riddance to all those folks that aren't coming back. Yeah, good riddance to all of them. We're, we're, it's it's almost like a um, it's almost like an Albanian blood <laughs> feud that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna clear clear the bloodlines. Yeah. It's like a ritualistic genocide, ritualistic cleansing. Yep. Ritualistic <laughs> cleansing. It's a cathartic experience. <laughs> uh, so yeah i didn't catch the game um it's nice to see that you know we're, we're still we're still um keeping up with the joneses i guess roberson um is kind of stepping yeah, into his own like i feel good about next year it just sucks because this year had potential it just i mean it was you know i mean we would have been a tournament team had we had a, McCullough, even though he wasn't playing great, had he not gotten hurt, and then B, if we wouldn't have self-imposed the band, we probably still would have been a tournament team. Hell, we beat Notre Dame last week. You know, we beat two yeah. teams in the top 12 in the span of like eight days or something, you know? We played Pitt we again. Did we beat Pitt? Pitt? Oh, yeah. fucking A. That's the team now. Pitt's almost like the new Well, UConn. they've always, they've been our nemesis for the past, like, hell. I know since I was in Boston, you know, ever since Ben Holland came there. Yeah, but that rivalry or, or or that matchup would get overshadowed by, you know, the Georgetown Villanova. Well, I mean, you, you know, they didn't make sure. But what I'm saying is they've been a pain in our ass this whole century, basically. Yeah, but it didn't rise to the level of disdain that it is now. Oh, I, you know, I'm talking about because, rival, but I'm just talking about. I mean, when we were in school there, Pitt was a guaranteed win, pretty much. You know, they right, start right. fucking beating us all the fucking time. You know, even the year we won the national championship, I think we split the games with Pitt. You know? Like, Pitt yeah. has been a pain in our ass, and you know why? Because they get the foul, the piss out of us, because that's how they play. Yeah, that's yeah. just their style. But let me just say one thing, last thing about Sean Reardon. I, I texted yeah. him today, too. I was like, hey, man, have you gotten with the 21st century and have, uh, you know, come up with uh, PayPal or a similar Internet way we can pay you? And he responded because I, I wrote to him on Facebook, happy birthday. Have a good day, old man. So he responded like, no, because I'm an old man, apparently, you know. <laughs> like, you know, I was, hey, did I offend him? Yeah, you know, and uh, 
was like, oh, well, I thought you might have had your midlife crisis and start doing things the way a man half your age would do them, which would be getting a PayPal account or something. <laughs> and we could just pay him on the internet. And I was like, and by the way, I called you an old man ironically. <laughs> it probably right. Because even on the Facebook thing, he responded like, well, remember, every year I get older, you're getting closer too. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... And then he responded. He's like, he's like, well, he's like, I do have old man tendencies though, still, and I don't trust money on the interwebs. <laughs> so you got to send him a yeah, money so order. I send him a check to his house. <laughs> is it a? Is his pool a, a straight uh, pick'em bracket pool, or is it like a? He's special got a pick'em one, but he was also teasing the idea of doing a spread pool too. He sent out another two emails one does anybody have any interest in doing one of these spread pools or know somebody that does one where you pick like one team throughout or something you know one of those deals and depending on how they do in relation to the spread you know and i think if your team loses you have to pick a new one or something like that you know what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah. but he does a traditional pool the sleepy's pool is a traditional pool but Okay. He's always okay. he's always thinking. He's always thinking. So he's got that in the <laughs> off that, that maybe there'll be another pool if there's no, enough interest. I know one guy responded. <laughs> that he would be interested in the in the spread pool? Yeah, yeah. Who was it? Larry Yee? No, no. It was a guy who I didn't recognize. Uh, I think it was a guy with an uh, Italian name. Um, let me look it up. I'll look up by email. Um... One of the coolest oh, no, pools that a, I've it's seen. It's an Irish guy, Ryan Mahoney. Uh, I think that's a St. John's Prep yeah, Boston guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a Boston guy with um, like Mahoney. I think it's Gutenberg from Police I, Academy. I saw um, uh, a, a final eight, an elite eight pool. So it's it's eight people. Pick eight teams, <laughs> and it's what whoever has. So you, it's like everybody. It, you go through like a draft order. Yeah. So the first four guys obviously would pick, you know, whatever the number one seeds, and then you kind of go that way. Um, and then, or you can do it randomly. One and two seeds. Three and four seeds, five and six seeds, so you can get like an even distribution. Um, and it's whoever has the most teams within the final eight. Okay. Wins the pool. Huh. But then you're kind of done after. Yeah, that's no fun if there's nothing going on the night of the championship game. Right? Yeah. I guess that's for the people that really want to get involved with all kinds of stuff because I'm sure you would do other pools too. Just like the people, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. the compulsive gamblers that are doing all the prop bets during the Super Bowl and all that stuff. Right. They need right. to be, right. every aspect of the game has to be, have some kind of gambling edge to it for them to have any interest in it. <laughs> I remember my first, uh, my first, I came back from Curacao in like October for good um and that was the year the colts won yeah. the super bowl and i remember that it was just me and Ange, and my parents and maybe my brother josh and maybe jeremy and so i made everybody get into a box pool but there's only six of us <laughs> so everybody got like 20 boxes <laughs> <laughs> and then i put prop bets up for the uh national anthem and the um coin flip and uh you know just silliness that i'm sitting around with my parents and my brothers yeah 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 <laughs> So it took me a while to adjust back to to civilization from coming back to there, but yeah, the it gets kind of yep. crazy. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I used to, you know, we used to do a Super Bowl party down here, you know, and then, and I would do the pool, and it became a bitch just trying to sell all the squares, you know, because there's so many yeah. people. You know, you you think it'd be easy to sell squares, but you know how many people are there in this world are like, oh, I don't really want to do that. Oh, $10, you know, or five bucks, I think I was charged over the squares even, you know, reasonable. And it's like, really? You know? There, um, when I was working for the ticket company, so obviously the, uh, the secondary ticket market is no, um, is no higher class of morality than the offshore gaming oh, folks as a matter of fact scalpers. as a matter of fact i would i would argue that it's much much yeah. lower and um there would be pools like amongst the hotel concierges we did a lot of work with concierges we did a lot of work with broadway theater houses yeah. um there were boxes that were uh, for sale for a thousand bucks, and like you know, ten guys would go in on a box. Yeah, you know, so for a hundred thousand yeah, bucks, man, you win a quarter of that, you know. Right. Damn. Right. Insane. Like I never, I never had the stomach to get yeah, on it. Yeah, of course. It. I mean, that takes a lot of balls to throw down a bunch of money like that on a on a friggin' pig in a poke, basically. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's it's one of those rushes that I don't enjoy, or one of those, you know, states of being. I don't like to be anxiety ridden. I don't enjoy the rush. I don't enjoy the highs and the lows. Like I'm not an yeah. adrenaline junkie. I don't need that. I can find minuscule rooting interests in almost any. Well, yeah, that's event. why I. Uh, yeah, like that's that's why I'm not a good gambler like that because I don't find. Hell, those pools where it's fifty dollars a square is ridiculous to me. You know? Right. It's like fifty dollars. Right. Who's gonna put fifty dollars on some bullshit like that? You might end up with the numbers <laughs> two in eight, you know? Or you know, it's right. like <laughs> It's just way too much stress. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that totally, man. But uh, you know, that's what's funny, because I, I can usually find a rooting interest in anything. And I, you know, whereas like the Reardon brothers are like, you know, like it's like their family thing, you know, they're all into the gambling side of it. Yeah, yeah. that goes way like back. Like if there's no yeah. gambling angle to it, like they don't understand if it's not your team, if it's not like your team team and there's no gambling angle to it, they don't understand why you give a fuck. Because I remember the year St. Joe's lost Oklahoma State in the Elite Eight, you know? You remember that? It was when it was like 2003, I think. Or, yes, when they were number one seed. It wasn't the year Syracuse went. Yeah. And they had Jameer Nelson yeah. and Delonte West, and they were undefeated until the Atlantic 10 tournament. You know, they were a big Cinderella story. And right. I, remember, I remember being like, man, it sucks because I was really invested. I was into them, you know? And I remember Mike right. being like, why do you care about that? You know, you have money on right. the game or something. I was like, no, I'm just into, because <laughs> to him, it makes no sense that you have a big rooting interest in a team that A, was not your team and B, you didn't have money on it. You know, Right. <laughs> I was right. like, yep, that's the Reardon way. <laughs> but the same token the same token, there there's a flip side to being a Bostonian, where everything that's associated with Boston warrants a rooting interest. So, for example, like um, those guys, you know, followed BC way more than a Syracuse fan should have followed BC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a right school, you know, yeah. and had. You know, and had a slight rooting interest, and always kind of peaked up. You know, they they you know they uh, you know they peaked their interest when then you know they heard Boston College being you know bandied about. Whereas, you know, coming from like the New York New Jersey metro area, like I don't 
I don't, you know, lend an ear when somebody's talking about Seton yeah, Hall. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, like, there's two baseball teams in New York. You know? If I like one, I'm not paying attention yeah, to the other. Yeah. You know? So, like, where on the one hand, they're like, well, what's that rooting interest, you know? Why, why do you even care about St. Joe's? But on the, on the other hand, it's like, well, why wouldn't I, why wouldn't I pay attention to BC? They're yeah, Boston. yeah. I mean, I... I guess I'm, well, I mean, I'm like, but that's because I grew up going to Tulane games and stuff. But the difference is Tulane doesn't have a direct rivalry with Syracuse, you know? Right. And and that's like, yeah, I mean, you have like a familial tie to Tulane where it's kind of like, all right, you know, you were a kid growing up and your family paid attention and you went to games and it was like a big yeah. deal, you know? Yeah, just like all kinds of people that didn't go to LSU, went to other schools, were still in LSU, you know? Because it's right. the state school, right. but, but, but I do know a lot of people from here that went to schools like Alabama that can't, that don't give a fuck about LSU because they went to Alabama, you know, even though they right. were raised here, you know. So yeah. I think that's more of an analog, you know. So yeah, right. fuck BC. But that's <laughs> the very Bostonian thing, you know. Yeah. Just like how everything yeah. is the worst. Yeah. Every if it happens in Boston, it's the worst that. Like the snow and everything, it's never been as bad for anybody else in the history of mankind than it's been this year because it's happening to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know Pete Chudy, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Pete Chudy's from Cortland. You know, not from Cortland. He's from Oswego. He went to Cortland State, where he was the quarterback for a couple of years. Transferred to Syracuse, so he spent his whole life in shitty snow. In cold weather. He's been living yep. in Boston for about 15 years now or so, probably. He had on Facebook a few weeks ago about, oh, I grew up in central New York, and this is as worse as it's, this is the worst it's ever been. And, and I responded, Pete, congratulations. You're finally a true Bostonian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's true, man, because I, in four years up there, I can remember a winter that was worse than any winter anybody has gotten in the last 20 years. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, just feet and feet and feet of snow. Like, up there, you contract out for your driveway to be plowed, and you pay based on the feet. So you contract um, 10 yeah. feet. And once the total accumulation reaches 10 feet of snow, they stop plowing your driveway or you got to pay yeah. them extra. Like like they do yeah, it in yeah. feet. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, 120 right. inches of snow is a lot of snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like we saw winters like that just in yeah. our time there. And I know Boston's like coming close to breaking their record or whatever, but it is funny. It's always whatever's happened to them. No, 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 don't tell me that. It's never been worse than it's here right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're such martyrs, those uh, people. <laughs> God bless and, uh, Boston. No wonder they don't oh, listen. They don't listen. Who cares? They know it. You know, it's just like <laughs> any new. I think about it all the time because, like, I see. You know, like um, like my buddy Pete, you know, Pete the Albanian. You know, I follow him on Twitter and he'll retweet stories because he's, he's into the Boston sports scene because he's from Boston, you know? But uh. the stories, they always, you know, he's retweeting other people's stories, but it's like if they involve Boston, it's like as if they're the most important stories. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? <laughs> I, do. I do. Oh man! You know the thing Good is, times, Boston. New York obviously thinks like that anyway. But yes. because New York straight up controls media, it's they don't have to be as loud and arrogant about saying their stuff is more important. Right, they don't have an yeah, inferiority just complex. Just by default, they... the stories are about New York to begin with because that's where all the media, you know, is 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 originating from. 
You know, whereas right. like Boston has to go out of their way to tell you how much more important it is because, you know, because New York's right there. You know, <laughs> right. Listen, I like the people from Boston ten times more than I like people from New York. People from yeah, New York suck. Like I'm talking New Yorkers. I'm not talking about Liz Stillman transplanted from no. Schenectady. You know, she's a good upstate girl who made a life in New York City. You know, I'm not talking about Jody Skolnick who lived there for three years no, after graduation. New, New, New I'm talking yeah. about the the dude from the Bronx. Well, it's funny because you know? um, my friends I was hanging out with Sunday night. Uh, two of the guys uh, are lawyers. It was, uh, and and the third guy was the Canadian. <laughs> but uh, two of the guys who are lawyers, you know, who I'm friends with, uh, they work for this firm where they, that's down here, but it does a lot of the uh, flood, they do a lot of flood insurance defense work. So they've had loads of work involving Sandy up in New York and New Jersey. Okay. And they're gone there all the time. And one of the guys actually is from New Jersey, you know. I think he was born in, in New York City, but he grew up in New Jersey or whatever, you know. So like he's okay. he's from up there, and he he was talking about how terrible it is. I was like, you know, I mean, I know they had a lot of stuff go down here after Katrina, but I don't remember it being this contentious where everything was gone to court, you know. Like, there's a lot of stuff where it right. was like the insurance commissioner got involved, he had a mediation, and then that's how it went. He's like, yeah, he's like, for one, the way the law works up there is a little differently. He's like, plus the problem is you're dealing with New Yorkers. Yeah. <laughs> New Yorkers and people it's from so New true. Jersey and stuff. And he's like, and they're all assholes. <laughs> so everything's contentious and awful. <laughs> Yeah, it really is, man. It really is so true. The negativity, <laughs> it just prevails. Yep. Uh, so everything everything they do, everything is contentious and friggin' acrimonious and terrible. <laughs> so true, man. So true. Well, on that note, man. You run out of gas. You got anything else? I can't else? think of anything. I mean, I'm sure I could think of something, but now I won't. Um, because there's probably something I thought of two days ago that I can't think of now because, you know, that's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good stuff. Head, well, then, you know, so. with, uh, with a happy birthday to Sean Reardon and Phil yep. DeSantis. Happy birthday, Big Phil. Mr. D. <laughs> Later, Libby. Later, Sam, man. Take care, man. We got to sign off like we normally do, though. With apologies to Kirk's brother. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Good night, Fredo. <laughs>